Welcome to the Game Time Decision Podcast, a weekly sports talk podcast brought to you by Stee, Luck, and Greg. Hope you enjoy. Hi, and welcome to the Game Time Decision podcast. Before we get started this week, we'd just like to address the recent death of boxing legend Muhammad Ali. He died at the age of 74 after dealing with Parkinson's for more than 30 years. Boxing has been potentially flagged as a cause of Parkinson's due to repeated blows to the head. This, along with other diseases such as CTE, are both terrible, life-changing diseases affecting hundreds of former athletes as well as thousands of other people around the world. To donate to Parkinson's research, go to www.parkinson.ca and click the Donate Now tab. Now it's time for the weekly roundup. This week, the Golden State Warriors devastated the Cavs by going up two games to none by a combined score of 48 points. Greg, do you have any takes on that? Yeah, basically I saw that the series is pretty much wrapped up for the Warriors. They might give up a game just so they can take it back home and win it in Game 5 in front of their own fans. But, yeah, the Cavs look pretty hopeless out there, and the Warriors is... Can we just take in that a Raptors-Thunder final would have been so much better? I mean, wouldn't you have rather seen Russ dancing before every game? You know, KD, Slim Reaper, throwing down out there? I mean, I know, as a Toronto fan, I'm a, a little biased here. Yeah, I'd like to see the Raptors make it to their first finals ever, but I'm just tired of these big-name teams making it to the finals all the time. What do you think? I don't know about the Raptors, though. <laughs> I think I think an all-West finals would have been great. I think the top three teams in the league are in the Western Conference, and that's pretty clear right now with how the Cavs are doing. I think they lose to OKC or the Spurs, and might be a better series, but I think each of those two teams, and we saw it even, in the semifinals, it would give the Warriors a better run. Yeah, I I don't know, man. You can't count out the Raptors. You can't count them out, ever, I don't think. What about the fact that they lost to the Cavs? Yeah, yeah, that did happen. <laughs> but you still can't count them out. Cavs could get disqualified. LeBron's a known cheater, man. Retroactive. Known <laughs> cheater. Anyways, with the final repeat this year, you know, we've got the Battle of the Titans again. Matthew Delladova against Andre Iguodala. Two players with the most heart on both teams. You know, the heart and soul of both teams. People talk about Steph Curry and LeBron James being the core of the team. But you got to think about these bench guys, man. They're the ones who bring you the ring or send you home with nothing. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think those are the two best uh, bench players in the series. I mean, Iguodala obviously has had an impact, but... Cavs have really gotten a lot from uh, Channing Fry. Yeah, and standing in the corner shooting threes. You know, he, he hits a lot of them. Can't forget. Pretty sweet job. Are, are we talking uh, Richard Jefferson? No, nope, no. Nope. Can't forget. For at least a dunk a game, and that I, that is that pretty brings, exciting. Brings yeah, that brings noise, the crowd you know, into it. Yeah, brings definitely. The team into it. But we can't forget Jr. Gotta love him, Smith. And yeah, he's a starter. Yeah, we can't forget about him though. He, we can because he's got what. Five points in the whole finals so far, and sure, you Skip Bayless thinks he's hustling out there, but he's a scorer. I mean, gotta love him. He should be scoring. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you think Jr. is higher on the Cavs totem pole than LeBron? Story come out this week that LeBron James says he's not very high on the Cavaliers totem pole. Do we think Jr. Smith might have more true. clout than and him? I, I think this summer is the year that. Uh, LeBron really has a chance to flex and show how high he is on the totem pole. So I think the Cavaliers really, they realize how far they are behind the Warriors. They probably realize they're also behind OKC and the Spurs. They also realize their core, namely LeBron James, is older than the cores of each of these teams. So I think this is the year that they go all out, blow up the franchise, oh. get rid of Love, get rid of Irving. Oh. They want LeBron and his friend group together. Mellow. Maybe two years Chris to run at it. Wade, Wade's convincible. Wade. He's a free agent. Really? Here's all the only pitching you need to give Wade. 
he's got that 06 championship without LeBron. If they play their careers out together, he always has more championships than LeBron. <laughs> so that's all he wants. Is he, he would wants. only come to Cleveland for the bragging rights for the rest of their friendship. I mean, it's a pretty good thing to have. You, you, that gives him a case in any argument between the two players forever. Okay. So how do you get Chris Paul and Melo to join the team? I mean, you're going to have to pretty much give up the entire team. Uh, I think Kyrie for Chris Paul might be a trade the Cavs lose. I, I, I don't think you can lose a trade when you're getting the better player. Oh, really? Chris Paul better than Kyrie? Yeah, he's older, but I mean, he's definitely a better player. Okay. The Super Friends in Cleveland. I like it. Bank it. You heard it here first on the Game Time Decision podcast. Craig Dorn. Greg, what's your Twitter handle? Just for the folks at home. Uh, at Greg underscore Dorn. At Greg underscore Dorn, people. Watch for this. This is going to happen. Um, how about Delhi punching Iguodala in the nuts? It's a non. He... I think that's just how you say hello in Australia, right? <laughs> like... I think that's just the theme of the playoffs is that these uh, like nut punches, kicks, you know, whatever you want to call them, whatever you see. Delhi. He's really putting himself on the line out there. You punch a guy in the nuts. That's a pretty good way of saying, hey guys, I'm giving it my all. You guys need to step it up too. It didn't work. No. I mean, it, <laughs> it did not it did. spark the rest of the team. They, I mean, they went downhill from that point. When you've got Leandro Barbosa going a perfect five for five the other way, man, it's hard to spark anybody. People forget. They call Leandro Barbosa the Brazilian blur. I think more people know him by that than Leandro Barbosa. Really? Okay. People forget how, like... I didn't know who he was. I'm not going to lie. Didn't know who he was. But... The Suns, man? The Amari and Nash Suns? He was on the Raptors. You he remember was, that? Yeah. In an absolute blockbuster in the summer of 2010, Barbosa was traded with... Dwayne Jones, Raptors legend, for Hito Turkoglu. Hito Turkoglu? For <laughs> Hito Turkoglu. How do you say it? Hito Turkoglu. Hito Turkoglu. I think the Raps won, but to give away a guy like Hito, that's a tough decision. I mean, both were good role players for the Raptors. Hito was brought in to really really bring things around, be a superstar, and it uh, didn't quite pan out, but that's in the past right now. Another thing some people might not know, Dwayne Jones played for both the Cavaliers and the Warriors. People might not know that. Oh, a little Anderson Verjao trick to get the get the free ring. Yeah, free. See, Anderson Verjao may as well be opening up a cereal box right now, because he's got a free ring no matter which way this series goes. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good a good tactic that he employed there. I think players need to start, you know, start earlier in the year and just there's only what four or five contenders that have a realistic chance to win. Just play twenty games for each one and I mean, get the ring locked up. I mean, I don't I, think I, you're I, actually allowed to get traded that much. But, uh, I don't think that uh, you could play enough games for any of the franchises to win a ring. But I mean, yeah, the guy. Yeah, good, good move by Verja. Yeah, definitely worked, a good move. Out. Prediction for Game 3, Greg? I think the Cavs can hang around for a half and the Warriors win it by over 10. Over 10. Okay, I've got the Warriors by 4, which people forget is a one-possession game. Well, it is? Game. Look it up. Ray Allen, Game 6, Heat Spurs, Heat. He scored a three and the and one, four points. You can't ever count out a team that's only down four points. Well, you you just gave them the four point loss. So I mean, they obviously missed that. that three yeah, and yeah. The fouls not called. I think that J.R. Smith. I think that to round out you the love super him. friends. You gotta this love year, him, but J.R. Smith misses. J.R. gotta love him. Smith is no three at the buzzer and then proceeds to miss all three free throws <laughs> and the Warriors win by four. Yeah. Yep, that's the way I see it going down. I guess no one's really giving the, the Cavs a chance this week. Uh, the NHL Finals also kicked off, and the Pittsburgh Penguins have taken a pretty definite 3-1 lead, lead over the San Jose Sharks. 
you think the Pens are going to take the cup at home, or do you think the Sharks have what it takes to go three straight wins? Yeah, listen, Steve, I like the San Jose Sharks, but I just think Pittsburgh's going to take it. How can they not? When they're up this much of a lead, there's not much coming back for San Jose. What do you think, Greg? Yeah, I think the Sharks just, they're playing like they're happy to be there. They're keeping the game close, but they've been outplayed in every game. They've barely held on to a lead. And yeah, as much as I'd like them to really cap off their most successful season with a championship, it, it looks like they're happy to be there and hopefully they can take this into next year. One adjustment the Sharks might try to make is only playing their top two D pairs. They're at 60% possession when they have their top two pairs on the ice, but they're below 20 when Roman Polak sees the ice. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense if those guys can play the minutes. What about the, what do you got for Pittsburgh? You got Latang uh, playing. We don't, yeah. Letang, playing like CG Mata, complete game and uh, uh, Letang, shuffle two Mata, maybe. A bag of pucks, some minor leaguers. Because, yeah, the. If I paid you five bucks, I bet you five bucks right now, you couldn't name all of the Pittsburgh defensemen. I'm not, I'm not going to take that bet. Um, the Pittsburgh is not known for their defense. I think Joe Thornton, Pavelski, they need to capitalize on that. These games should be 5-4, not 2-1, 3-1. Better beard, Thornton or Burns? I'm going to go with Thornton. You know, it's a new look for him, and uh, he's pulling off well. He's pulling it off successfully, and it's working for him in the playoffs if he – I think if he keeps the beard, you know, all next season, they could be back in this place, mm. back in the finals, and you know what? They'll have the experience to make it a better series, hopefully. Joe Thornton's got to be one of the most underrated players of all time, no? I mean, the guy has been top 10 in scoring in like 13 of the 15 years he's been in the league. Jordan Chichu scored 50 goals on Jumbo's wing and now he's out of the league he's in the KHL I mean is it far-fetched to say that I could score 10 goals over an 82 game season playing on Joe Thornton's wing yeah I mean no doubt he's one of the best players in the league his his rep has been very hurt over the years by the fact that they couldn't get out of the second round of the playoffs so yeah I think if they have another good couple of years that's all they really have left with their core and can make more playoff runs if they win a championship his legacy just goes through the hall roof of famer. Hall, gotta be right? he's a hall of famer anyway yeah. yeah i think going to san jose definitely suffers a bit the nhl definitely has a bit of an east coast bias where you know the the guys that deserve it on the west coast your joe pavelski's you know your andre kopitar's they're really not getting the love that these east coast guys are getting night in and night out Oh, yeah, well, thinking about Phil Kessel with the Leafs, he was a superstar. He's on the Penguins now. He's just a an everyday guy. No one expects him to do more than Crosby, more than Malkin out there, but that's what the Leafs wanted him for. The Leafs wanted him as the number one player, and he was scrutinized for that. So you're saying, you know, different teams have different guys that can be, the, you know, take all the recognition, but also all the heat of their franchise. You know, there was all those issues with Joe Thornton being stripped of the captaincy last year and them not knowing who to give it to. But now that a guy like Joe Pavelski, he's got the C, but he's been quietly one of their best producers. Yeah, well, it's nice, too, that they play in a market like where the fans aren't criticizing you for that. If he's in Toronto, if he's in Montreal, and they take away the C, that's in the newspapers they everywhere, well, everyone's so talking about it, they may as well, may as well not go outside. Yeah, basically. Well but, I mean, yeah, if you're playing West Coast, if you're playing on the Arizona Coyotes, I, you can you can go grocery shopping, oh, go home. You can do anything. You could walk around with your jersey on. You don't have to put... And people would say, wow, I like the Coyotes too. <laughs> Who's that on your jersey? I mean, it's got to be the place to live if yeah, you're a oh, guy. Yeah. Okay, Phil Kessel. If the Pens win the Cup, which they probably will, does Phil win the Conn Smythe? most valuable player in the NHL playoffs. He's been Pittsburgh's best player. 
You uh, could maybe make the argument for Matt Murray. Murray yeah, Matt Murray. But come on, Phil Kessel with the Conn Smythe. I mean, I think there is a little bit of a goalie bias. Yeah, there definitely is. The goalies tend to, you know, get the get the credit for shouldering the load. But yeah, I think not that he doesn't deserve it. He's been doing a pretty good job out there. Yeah, How I about, think Phil's got got as good a chance as anyone. I, for one, would love to see that. I know Phil Kessel got a pretty bad rap in Toronto. Deserved or not, we're not here to discuss that. But I like the guy. He seems like a really nice, genuine dude. Just shy. You know, yeah, he's, just, he's awkward and Go get shy. Yeah. And the media in Toronto is Sid, a lot different Sid than the media. The he is a guy that if he played his whole career in Arizona, would just be a legend. Oh. He would be so good. He would just go do his own thing after the games and put up big numbers. Yeah, he. Would, I think it would help his play a lot. I think a lot of the game is mental. Okay, here's a question for Steve and Greg. Do you guys like Sidney Crosby? I mean, you can't really dislike him as a Canadian. Okay, the golden goal. Yeah, Crosby, great. He got go Canada. Couple, he got a couple medals. But I mean, the guy. Is just a dial tone. He's got to be the most unpersonable face of the league, of any league. I mean, you look at other leagues, okay? You've got guys like LeBron. You've got I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi for soccer. You've got Bryce Harper in baseball and Josh Donaldson. I mean, these guys are larger-than-life personalities. And you interview Sidney Crosby... You may as well be interviewing his empty stall. Yeah, but I think Crosby really personifies what the NHL is and what it stands for. I think he represents the, you know, we're good blue-collar guys who are out there playing hockey. Like, we work hard. We work hard with our teammates. I think that's more what it is than the superstar, I'm on top of the world. So that's the image that you'd say the NHL is trying to portray. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's a poster boy for the NHL, and I think the NHL likes that a lot. It just, it's interesting from a marketing perspective to see stars like P.K. Subban, Alex Ovechkin, you know, these larger-than-life personalities, like, have donated so much to charity. I mean, P.K. donated $10 million to a hospital off of his last deal. And these guys, I mean, not only are they not the faces of the franchise, I mean, sure, the they're, they're the faces of their own franchises, and the league definitely uses their images, but... I mean, why don't we have P.K. Subban out here promoting for the league in commercials night after night? I mean, the guy the guy loves sports. Did you see him courtside at the Raptors game? Yeah, he even went to Cleveland. Yeah, he went to <laughs> Cleveland. Nobody likes to go to Cleveland. This guy would go into Arizona and sell hockey the way he could do it in Montreal. Yeah, no, he's a, it's a different personality. But no, to answer the question, no, I don't think... I don't you, think you do like Sidney Crosby. Yeah, there's there's no reason he's to the dislike. There's no reason to dislike Sidney Crosby. Is he the most fun superstar to have in your league? No, no. Prob- probably not. Definitely, definitely not. not. That's a pretty safe take from Greg. <laughs> okay, Eric Fair scored the final goal last night. People forget he has the most goals in outdoor games of any player of all time. Is that a meaningful stat in any way? I mean, actually, now, these days, when they play about half their games outdoors so that they can get (laughs) a number of fans, this is going to become more and more of a factor. With outdoor games happening this often, you really want to win in front of your home They played, what, probably close to 10. Between the Capitals and the Pens, Eric Fingers played three or four outdoor games, and he scored at least a goal in every one of them. Yeah, as this becomes more popular, this... This is an increasing stat line to follow. This guy's contract, his next contract might reflect his ability to score <laughs> outdoors, depending on whether or not a team has an outdoor game booked that year. NHL Combine, or as we here in Toronto like to call it, are the Leafs going to pick Matthews or Lion A? What do you think? I mean, they. there is a debate. They have no choice. No they, choice. That's strong. They have to take Matthews. If, I mean, if they don't, their fan base is going to scrutinize them to the point anyway. where if Matthews ends up better, it's just that's it's, a, it's brutal. Yeah, that's a if they take scenario. Matthews and he ends up worse, 
So be it. Everyone's happy with the pick. The, but the Toronto media still won't be very forgiving if they whiff on it. But they can't. They can't whiff on the underdog. You, they have to pick the favorite. There's, yeah. there's really no choice for that team. This Line kid though, he's cocky. I like his attitude. Oh, I think he, he he could easily be a better player down the road. He said at his interview, and I quote, "He will be as good as Ovechkin in five years." What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, all these guys really talk themselves up in the interview process, and. Yeah, you like to see the guys that are confident in themselves and have the fire and really have that charisma and instinct to just put themselves over out there, think they can take over the league, take the league by storm, and think they can get it done quickly. You need winners. You definitely need winners. But he injured his lower body during the combine testing. And so on day two, he wasn't able to do any lower body tests. Do you think... Maybe he just skipped a leg day too many times at the workouts leading into the combine, and he thought, I gave them a good show on day one, but I'm gassed, and they've seen all they need to see. If you're a top five pick at any of these combines, there, there's no point in going. You can only hurt yourself by not being able to perform as well as you'd expect. I mean, when you're projected to go this high, go do the interviews. Teams obviously need to see that you're a good person, but the athletic testing is really... Only a hindrance to your draft stock. It's the classic low-ranked prospect does unbelievably in one of the combine tests. Yeah, and moves up. Salivating at the mouth. Yeah, but if you're already up there, you can't you can't do anything. Oh. You can only hurt yourself. And yeah, lower body injury or maybe his numbers aren't as good as he wants them to be, and he just checked okay. out for that so event. Conspiracy theory, Patrick Lyonet. Not actually hurt. Another thing, this kid, Ty Ronning, son of former NHLer Cliff Ronning. Here's a quote he had. I enjoy playing with my heart and my passion. A little bit with my head, a little bit with my balls down there. I mean, that kid's stock just went through the roof, right? Uh, You gotta have a good sense. A good locker room guy. (laughs) Pedigree, son of a former NHLer. Good sense of humor. I don't know any of the kids... Combine numbers, I don't know what team he played for. You got to take a flyer on this kid. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the type of stuff that you like to have in the locker room. After a bad loss, after a big win, you know that guy's going to know what to say, what to do. I'm going to look it up. I'm looking it up here. I, Ronning, paid for the Vancouver Giants in the WHL. Looks like his numbers... Over three years in the WHL, he played 147 games, 81 points. He is a right winger. Those aren't great, but I mean, good sense of humor. Intangibles. Intangibles, exactly. That's what you need. Now, these combine processes, I mean, this one was more hyped than any in the media, hyped in the media, that is, than any I've seen before. Do you think it's getting a little ridiculous, this whole combine process? I mean, it's turning into as much of a show as the draft in the NFL, and I guess the NHL's following suit. Yeah, I think the NHL combine's got really a long way to go. I think the NBA and the NFL combines, they know what they're doing. The NFL, they have big, strong, and fast guys, and they test them doing big, strong, and fast things, and people see how athletic these players really are. The NBA... They see how tall and long these guys are. They see how high they can jump. They see how fast they can move, how quick they are. The NHL is just not measuring the right things. Who wants to watch a guy ride a bicycle that's stationary, not going anywhere with a mask on, and then just look gassed at the end of it? Yeah, I think some of these more advanced tests like VO2 max, whereas, you know, students in the sciences and health sciences might know what they are, but they're not really a, well, a relatable stat to the general public. When you look at a 40 time, I mean, I could go out and measure my 40 time in my backyard, but yeah. And my, they're not, they're not testing these kids on, on even stuff that's relevant to hockey. Some of it, like well, a kid I mean, a few years ago, have a shootout drill. A kid you know? a few years ago, Sam Bennett couldn't do a chin up at the combine, but didn't matter. He went Still fourth a, overall. Yeah, top. Still a great player because 
because young kid. chin up doesn't matter in hockey. But so it is now the hilarious. league now everyone sees it is hockey ba- players bananas that he wasn't able to do even chin up. <laughs> I know, but and it makes hockey look. It's like professional hockey players can't do a chin up. An overweight middle aged man at the gym can do a chin up. Are are you kidding me? Yeah, then he does, should be in the they, it NHL. Makes has got it. Players a little. They got to go out there. Get get something. Get like a. Get these guys geared up for one in equipment. Get them maybe doing a forty yard forty yard dash. They're gonna blow the NFL's numbers out of the water on skates. Get on them, skate, okay, <laughs> forty yard skate then, Greg. Let's, get them. Let's make sure to clarify that. Part. Yeah, but let's let's track how hard they can shoot, how hard they can hit. Let's get them doing some accurate stuff. How let's hard get they them. Can hit. Is, it, is that a relevant stat? <laughs> I mean, it's fun to watch. It's fun to see this guy has has the hardest hit out of anyone in the yeah, combine in the last exciting. ten years. Yeah, it, that, Get yeah, them shooting. Ryan Burt, he's drafting that kid. Yeah, first get overall. them, get them shooting at targets. Just get them doing things that a fans are gonna actually be attracted to, and b are gonna showcase what the athletes can do. Next, we discuss the All NBA teams. The top first, second, and third teams are released by the NBA to showcase the league's top players. The first team was headlined by the usual candidates: Steph Curry, LeBron James. Um. There's been the main topics that have been brought up is how is Kevin Durant not on the first team? I think that's completely understandable. I don't know if him and Westbrook, they obviously both don't deserve to be there. I mean, this might be a little biased, but as a Raptors fan, the Raptors rely just as heavily on Lowry and DeRozan. Lowry made the third team. DeRozan didn't make it. The Raptors won a game more than the Thunder, so... Yeah, I don't think you can put those two on the first team. So Durant being on the second team is okay. I'd be fine with Westbrook and Durant on the second team. Um, I think it's really good that Kawhi's in there. But yeah, what do you think? Do you think Durant's a first teamer? I mean, he's just so good, you know. But at the same time, Kawhi, he's a young guy. He's, He's a real threat. He may not be the scoring machine that Durant is, but his defense is just unbelievable. I think the real controversy with the first team has got yeah, to be DeAndre, I, I think right? We both, I think we DeAndre. both agree with that. But yeah, to get... Kawhi's team won 12 more games. The Raptors won one more game. The Raptors only got one player on there, and they rely heavily on two players. So I think, yeah, both Thunder guys, Westbrook and Durant, could... Could be second teamers. Yeah, they need to opinion. wipe out their tears a little bit. But yeah, we can talk about uh, the center position being Ugh. being a requirement on here. I don't, I don't know how thirteen points a game gets you on this. I mean, who do you put instead of him, though? Well, I mean, you. I so think, oh, so you just want to get rid of centers on all NBA teams altogether? I you want to get rid of positions altogether, though? Is your first team going to be five point guards and Le- four point guards and LeBron every year? See, I don't, I just don't see center as a viable position anymore because so many teams play without a center that there's really not that many candidates for it. Like the Warriors, when they play, Bogut sure starts at center, mm-hmm. doesn't play near enough minutes to even be close to qualifying for this. Right. So the number of centers that really qualify to be a first, second, or t- third team All-NBA player are just so slim. It's just it's an easy way to get that recognition. I think they need to either just turn that C into an F and just take three forwards, or, yeah, go positionless and take the 15 best players. Draymond Green on the second team. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I don't think he deserves to be there. I think... He's riding on Stephen Clay's coattails, and that if Draymond plays on another team, any of no, here's my take: Draymond plays on any other team in the league, he's not making second team All NBA. But he's on that team, so he should be there. I mean, I still don't think he deserves to be, but I'm saying realistically, if Stephen Clay go down, Draymond's not putting the team on his back. I mean, he can pass, shoot, and dribble, which is a pretty rare thing when you actually think about the NBA today. I mean, it when must you, be nice that 
all the defenders are doubling Stephen Clay, and he's only got to deal with whatever slow center he's playing against. Yeah, but he no no one that size can has that kind of court vision, that kind of handles, and no one his size can on the other end match up against a center. He's defending Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams can't can't shoot, he can't had dribble. To kick Stephen Adams in the nuts, go Della Vadova on him just to stop him. I, it didn't really work. I, the the <laughs> nut kicks were both in games they lost. I mean, they they turned that series around. But yeah, I think Draymond Green's well deserving of that. Speaking of deserving, James Harden not making the list. Lowry making it over James Harden. What do you think of that? I think James Harden deserves to get on there. I think he was very much hurt by the fact that his team was bad. They pretty much had all the same pieces from a last season team that made the Western Conference Finals. They added Lawson. That didn't work out, but... I mean, the drop-off in their win total was just unexplicable. But, yeah, it's hard to keep a guy off the list that scores that many points, that played every game. Especially when you got guys like Boogie Cousins out there who only played in 60 games and were on a bad team. But Boogie can score threes now. People forget he scored, like, eight threes in one game that time. That's irrelevant. Though. I mean, that's got to hurt. He's an Kyle Korver can score threes. Are you but, putting him on the team? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it's because that center position is a thing, right? <laughs> I mean, DeAndre, Boogie, and Andre Drummond, I think none of them might make the list if it's positionless. I think Boogie absolutely is a good enough player, too, but he only played 60 games, and his team only won, what, 30-some games. He, he played in how many wins? Not not very many, so. Speaking of, you know, also speaking of maybe or may not deserving of being on that list, Anthony Davis. I mean, is anybody more disappointed not to be on the list than this guy? He missed out on $24 million on his next deal. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's missing out on money, but uh, he's got a Nike deal. He's got... Huge contract, max contract, already locked up the extension, so yeah, it's it's too bad, but you Maybe can't he could have used the extra money to buy a trimmer and finally get rid of that unibrow. He he likes the unibrow, he embraces it and uh, uh, bad look. Not what the NBA is trying to display as a it's <laughs> the league. They're trying to be unique. They're trying to show they're unique and he's he's embracing that. He's a unique guy, he's a great player, but yeah, he's just not as durable with that skinny frame as some other guys in the league, and you can't can't play enough games. It's tough. If I were him, I'd just put all my marbles into that pre All Star All Star break time. Play as hard as you can for that. Get the All Star game nod because that gets him the money too. He needed to make two All Star games or two All Teams out of the out of the four chances he needed to get two of them. I don't think anyone would disagree with the fact that he's going to be right back in the thick of things with the best players in the league next year. Yeah, the Pelicans have some work to do, though, to be competitive in the Western Conference. Definitely. Now we move on to San Francisco Giants pitcher Madison Baumgartner wanting to hit in this year's MLB Home Run Derby. This is absolutely a great move for baseball. You know, the MLB would be extremely happy about that. Um... I mean, if I'm anyone in the Giants organization, I, I pretty much tell him he can't do it because it's just not worth the risk of an injury. But I mean, hitters are out there hitting. They have the same risks he does. I mean, obviously he does a lot more for the team than hit. But it would be a very fun thing for the MLB, I think, if they let him do it. I don't think they will. I got to agree. I'm all about making baseball fun again. You know, as soon as I saw Bryce Harper with that hat on primetime TV... I went right over to Barstool and bought one for myself. I mean, baseball has definitely been slacking lately. A lot of old-timers like to keep it the way it is, but, you know, those same old-timers were the ones that kept Jackie Robinson out of the game. And I'd, I'd say things have been a lot better, allowing black players and players of other races to play. That's a little too serious for this Madison Baumgartner issue, but... Is there any other pitcher out there hitting as many dingers as this guy? 
Uh, Bartolo Colon? No, I mean, there's oh, no one even close. Oh, the Bartolo home run. Banana. Yeah, it's a, one of the biggest moments in baseball this year, so. Massive. That guy. I mean, that's big. That's old. big for that now. That, Never done that, it. That, Never done it before. Yeah. The Mets just can't stop getting W's all across the board. Baumgartner, though, if you're listening, I know you're probably a fan of the show. Do whatever you can to convince the Giants to let you do this. I'd love to see you go head to head with the biggest sluggers in the league. And you maybe get lucky and show them up a bit, you know? Maybe send one yard, rub it in their faces. Hey, pitchers can hit too. Now it's time for our hot take segment, where readers send in their hot takes and we break them down for you. First up, are Steph Curry's pregame antics ruining basketball? Yeah, I mean, I really have no problem with them. He, uh... He gets warmed up, gets hot, and then yeah, he can he can throw some baseball pitches, you know, do some bowling, golf, volleyball, really whatever he's feeling. As long as he's not like smacking his teammates' balls out of the way or anything, he's not hurting anyone. He's really he's keeping loose, I think, is his goal and just having fun. And yeah, once you're in the zone, there's no point in just shooting yourself out of the zone. So yeah, I mean, if it works for him, it works for me. Wow, let's see. I'm surprised to hear you say you don't want him swatting teammates' balls out of the way. Because how's Bogut supposed to get warm? You know, that guy's not taking free throws. That guy needs to be playing hard defense. Draymond, he needs to be running around, letting Steph and Clay know, no easy buckets. A little innovation here for you, Greg. I think rule change for the NBA to bring scoring up, because you know how that's a problem. They should extend the court into the tunnel from where Steph shoots from, just to make the game more interesting. Count it as four, even. So just down the tunnels? Like yeah. A, like, no, no longer a rectangle court? Nope. Nope, just out the sides. Just, yeah, I mean, this is getting to the point where Steph Curry's ruining basketball as a whole. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole different topic, but, I mean, what I but know... But you see him take those shots, right? At oh, yeah, no, I mean, He takes the shots from the tunnel. That could be pretty exciting in the middle of a game. Well, even in-game, some of his shots, it just... If I ever had a kid, it makes me want... me to just teach them to shoot from half court, oh, and bananas. they're going to be the best player in their Absolutely. high school. Everyone's going to just give them the ball, and you can't argue with that if they're hitting every half-court shot. And uh, that's that's where the game's headed. There's going to be post-ups, and you're just going to kick it out 50 feet from the basket and chuck it. That's, that's what Steph Curry wants, I think. I know what my kid's going to be doing if he ever plays basketball. I've got here a picture from NBCSN. During a game against the Bucks this year, somebody actually kept track of Steph's warm-up shots. He went 73 for 115 from 2, 37 of 53 from 3, 5 of 8 from 40, and 11 of 12 on free throws. I think the main takeaway from this Steph's got to hit the line for some more practice, right? Like, 11 of 12? Come on, Steph. I think DeAndre could hit 11 for 12. If you're hitting 5 of 8 for 40, those have got to be automatic. I think they're missing, too. Like, the volleyball spikes that he tries to put in, and just airball and go nowhere. <laughs> the bowling. And people forget the bowling. bowling. How many pins he hit? Like, <laughs> how many players' legs? He t- how, many little tri- how many times did Bogut trip on his ball and then break his arm? Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, Steph, listen. If you're listening... You might be a fan too. <laughs> Knock it off a bit, all right? Dial it down. Let Clay have some shine pregame once in a while. Maybe practice a dunk. That could be an idea. Yeah, I mean, I I like what you're doing. It's it's good. You know, it's better than the one they're doing in OKC there. I think the we can dance, all agree to the that. The dance moves are they're just more they're more obnoxious. They're more part of the game. They're in the intros, like. In warm-ups, fans are coming to see you. Basically, people are showing up early to see this. And it's a fun thing. Get fans in the arena before the opening tip. It's always, always a good thing. Listen, Russ. Dance all you want if you make it to the finals. That's all I've got to say. Next hot take this week is Manny Machado, third baseman for the Baltimore Orioles, will sign a larger contract than Bryce Harper when they both become free agents in 2018. You know, a lot of buzz lately from Manny, who many are saying deserves to be in the conversation for best player in baseball with Harper and Trout. 
Harper's my guy here, man. He brings that swagger that he can hit anything. The Cubs didn't throw a single pitch to him during a whole four-day series. They walked him every single time. Nobody else in the league is getting that treatment. Bryce is baseball's bad boy right now. Mouthing off to umps, flipping his bat. Yeah, sure, he gets choked out by Jonathan Papelbon once in a while, but Papelbon's lucky Bryce didn't put him in the ground. What do you think about this, Greg? I mean, if we're actually going to talk about a hot take, we're going to talk about a recent take. About five minutes ago, Manny Machado just got thrown at by Ventura, who throws gas, man. Like, that's a hard pitch right in the back. No hesitation. He just storms the plate and just starts feeding him. I mean, it's like... Wait, a, he, he punched him. Yeah, it's like a... It's like a in it's the like face. Oh, do a round two. No. Yeah. Whoa. So, uh, is that that, that bad boy Manny Machado. <laughs> baseball's <laughs> new bad boy. This is unbelievable. Jordano Ventura just got punked by Manny Machado. Yeah, I mean, he tried to punk him. They, they both tossed their buckets off. They were both ready to go, and he uh, does not put up much of a fight. Wow. Jordano Ventura got Jose Bautista. Manny Machado gets eight games, more or less. What do you think here? I don't know. I mean... There's precedent. Odor got eight. Uh, just talking about the fight first, though. Bautista got blindsided. Yeah, he, didn't he see definitely was. Well, baseball fights. When he was, was the last time you saw a he punch just did in a well baseball for, fight? He just did well for standing on his feet. Ventura's ready to go. They both tossed off their helmet. Ventura's just too small for this fight. Um, do you think he thought yeah, Manny I was going to swing at him? Or do you think he was getting ready for the old nose-to-nose, face-to-face, tough guy routine? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tough to say, but yeah, I think it's going to be an eight-gamer. I, I, I'd say they got to match it. I mean, it's a what is higher Giordano profile get? player. Giordano did more than Bautista here. Oh, he threw at him too, so it's, at it's least really one. about contact. Right. Yeah, it's probably a three games for Ventura. You heard it here first, folks. Manny Machado, baseball's new bad boy. Next up, we have segments. Our first segment this week is innovations. Take it away, Greg. Okay, so this is an innovation for the NHL and the NBA. Um, first of all, let me say baseball and football, your guys' playoff system, regular system, it works because it makes the regular season valuable. People want to watch the regular season games, and the playoff races are still fun and exciting. Basketball and hockey, on the other hand, they've, they've had some issues getting their best teams in the finals at the top because of their conferences and divisions. I know a few years ago, the Hurricanes would have finished in the ninth spot in the East, won their division, got in at the three seed, got home ice advantage, like just outrageous stuff. This year, even just the lopsidedness in the NBA. I mean, I think a lot of people would agree that the three best teams in the NBA are in the Western Conference. And easily, I mean, record-wise, you've got to give it to the top two. I think what these two leagues need to do, keep their regular season schedules as is. You've got to keep up those division rivalries. Teams are going to play teams within their division more often just because you don't want the huge, grueling road trips all throughout the season. But come playoff time, seed these teams 1 through 16, have a bracket, and fill it in as you go be more fun for fans. They're going to be able to fill out brackets, sort of like a March Madness atmosphere. The Final Four is going to be a hyped thing, the semifinals. And you're going to have the best teams all at the top. The best record is actually how it's going to be ordered. And I think this is like, this just makes sense now. Every team has their own airplane. I know, I understand back in the day, the Eastern Washington Conferences couldn't switch over like they can now, but I think this is an easy thing to do that really makes the playoffs more exciting. All right, our next segment is winners and losers in the sports world. Our winner of the week is Steve Kerr, coach of the Golden State Warriors. First of all, his team is up two games to none in the finals, and are they're, they're just destroying the Cavs right now. On top of that, his best player, Steph Curry, has just stated that he doesn't want to play in the Olympics. Is there anyone happier than Steve Kerr, or Steve Kerr right now? On the topic of the Warriors and the Team USA for the Olympics in 2016, is Gordon Hayward a winner or a loser for announcing that he is down to play? I mean, it seems like a pretty big long, long shot. A lot of guys are going to have to be 
pretty scared of the Zika virus for him to get in there. Does this make him seem cocky for even considering himself a likely candidate for the team? Or is this just good saying, hey, I want to represent my country? What a, what's our take on this? I love this move, man. If I'm the coach of Team USA, this guy's on my squad, 100%. So you think every every above mediocre player in the NBA just says... No, no, no. I just love the Hardy showing here. You know what? It's like being the first guy to do something. You you always got to be the guy that speaks up and gets the benefit of being first to do it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think he should have just maybe maybe leaked this from an indirect <laughs> source, so it's not you know it's not so attributed to him. It doesn't seem so it doesn't seem desperate. I mean, why why doesn't he go the other way? Why doesn't he say, "Hey, I'm not playing," and then once he sees all the other players drop out. Give Team USA a call. Hey, I'll play. I'd like to talk about a loser this week, and that's Denver Broncos cornerback Akib Tlaib, who was shot, may have shot himself, either way, took a bullet to the leg at a Dallas area nightclub this week. This guy's been in so much trouble with crime in these past couple years. I'm amazed he's still in the league. I get it. He's one of the top cornerbacks. But the guy's missing the victory trip to the White House because he's in the hospital getting stitched up with a bullet wound to the leg. Can we give a quick shout-out to JPP for uh, surviving Memorial Day weekend with four fingers? Yeah. Still? People, still people on forget. The, on the topic about a little bonehead moves in the uh, NFL offseason. Oh, Either way. NFL players figure it out with explosives and firearms. Roger Goodell, and this just happened today. This afternoon, the NFL Twitter account tweeted out that Roger Goodell, our commissioner, has died today at the age of 57. Roger quickly remedied the situation by informing the general public that he was not, in fact, dead. But... The reaction was just startling. I mean, could you imagine having people thinking you're dead and being so mad when they found out you weren't? (laughs) I mean, in the same week of people being disappointed about the deaths of Ali and Kimbo's life, Roger Goodell thinks, maybe this is a good time for me to die too, (laughs) see what the reaction, you know, the old fake your own death to see who comes to your funeral. Ladies and gentlemen, Roger Goodell cannot be happy with the reaction. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this was uh, obviously a hack to the account. Um, uh, I want to know. Ca- I don't think we could count out Roger Goodell doing this himself. How? What, what do we think his password was? It had to be pretty easy to guess. The NFL Twitter account's password. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be Goodell. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think. I don't know how this didn't happen earlier. This just seems like an easy thing to do, but yeah, I mean. Tough to bounce back from that, but if anyone can, it's Goodell. He's probably going to be back and better than ever. If Goodell's dead, does Brady get off of his suspension? <laughs> does free Brady go through, or is that it's no, suspension? It's kind of like a post mortem thing. I think it sticks. I think the league's got to stick with that. I think uh, I think Goodell needs to wear one of those I heart haters shirts <laughs> a little just, more often. Just now. really, maybe you know. just get caught accidentally in public with. Uh, one of those shirts on, I think it would be a, be a good moment. <laughs> Next time he's at the draft and they're booing, just give him the old Hulk Hogan, I can't hear you, you know, raise his arms a bit. Really, ham it up. You're a heel now, Goodell. You gotta own it. Our next segment is Wags of the Week, where we each discuss pro athlete's wife or girlfriend, or both. I got Robin Hayward, the wife of Gordon Hayward. Um, Gordon Hayward's pretty pretty solid NBA player. But uh, his wife has to put up with his uh, League of Legends and gaming habits, and uh, I think that's a, that's a nice thing to see. Also, really a prerequisite for me for this was that when I type in their name on Google, the first, the first thing that comes up has to be wife, or they're not going not gonna to qualify in my book. Our final segment is Player Tracker, where we pick an obscure, former, or current player and, you know, check in. See how he's doing. This week's player tracker is Eric Kratz. 
former Toronto Blue Jays player. So it all started opening day 2014. My buddies and I were watching the Blue Jays game. Eric Kratz is a late addition to the squad. Um, and so when they announced that just before the game that he had been put in, I said, look out for this guy. He pinched hit. His first at bat, we're watching it. Like, this is like, everyone's like, no, this guy is, is awful. He homers. So I just, I basically had bragging rights for the whole season on that. Kratz was my guy. Um, recently he came up this season uh, for the Astros. Catcher, backup catcher. And he actually pitched an inning out of the bullpen when they were getting blown out. So a little interesting update but let's see what he's been up to since then this guy can just do it all pitcher hitter catcher our recent update on eric kratz is that he was released by the astros on may 24th and he signed with the los angeles angels minor league system so here's hoping our boy kratz gets another shot at the big leagues sometime soon yeah i mean you gotta gotta do what you gotta do keep getting paid um versatility getting, maybe if he hits the bullpen pay. for a couple more reps he might find some new life as a pitcher maybe he'll, maybe he'll be a knuckleballer like knuckleballers come up old they only throw 70s 80s Kratz, if you're listening learn how to throw the knuckleball buddy you if can, you're you ticket back to success that has been our show this week this has been Steve, luck and greg on the game time decision podcast we are looking to release an episode at least once a week follow us at twitter on Twitter at Game Time Decision. And if you enjoyed this podcast, share it with your friends and family. Thank you. Don't forget to tweet us your hot takes for our <laughs> weekly hot takes that we will analyze.